Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit PhotographersEdit.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast and actually a special edition of the Boca Podcast. We are going to do a new series of episodes around brand position. And for many of those of you who are listening in, you know I'm a little obsessed with this topic. We talk about it quite a bit with our guests on the show, the significance of brand position. And um, long story short, I put it out there to the world, to the internet, that I'd be Oh, I'd love to do some live brand position consultations. Would anybody be interested in doing this for the podcast? And I had a few people respond. And Kristen Amara was one of the first. And so Kristen, I, first of all, I want to introduce everybody to Kristen. Kristen, thanks so much for being willing to take a bit of a chance with me and have this conversation about brand position. Yes, I'm so excited. To give everybody a little bit of context before we jump into the conversation in more detail, Brand position, as we define it here at the Book of Podcast, is your unique value proposition that you bring to your local marketplace, and and the emphasis is on unique because I asked the conversation or I asked this question about brand position with the definition to our guests, and many times what I get back from photographers sounds very much like the same thing that I'm hearing from many other photographers. So unique is the key word there. What is the thing that you do that you're bringing to market? as a photographer, as a photographic service that is unique to that market, that is different to that market. In some cases, the service is truly going to be unique. In other cases, it may be more how you frame that service, your messaging about that service that helps it stand out. We'll talk more about that in just a bit. But that is what we're talking about when we say brand position. What is your brand position? Most photographers don't have a clear and distinct brand position, largely because there's not a lot of conversation about it in the photography industry. And so I love being able to shed a little bit of light on the topic. To be clear, it's not an end-all be-all when it comes to marketing. It's one of the many pieces of the puzzle. But I think it's an important one, especially in a very noisy and crowded photography industry right now. We need to be clear about what sets us apart so that we can most effectively market to our potential client. And so that's just a little bit of context. And um, these brand position, these live brand position consultations that we're going to do are really just a conversation. Uh, It may just be a starting place in some cases for the photographers that I have the opportunity to have this conversation with to consider the various elements of what make up a brand position and what direction maybe to go with a brand position. And uh, again, Kristen is very gracious in being willing to to be the first one, the first taker <laughs> for one of these conversations. So I appreciate that, Kristen. Yeah. And let me just, yeah. let's just jump in because I know we have a lot to cover. But just to give yep. context to our listeners, first of all, what market are you based in currently? So um, I would say my market is Middle Tennessee. Um, I'm actually physically located in Murfreesboro. Um, so a lot of people, you know, don't know exactly where that is. So Middle Tennessee is kind of what I like to say is my market. Um, we're a little bit uh, down the road from Nashville, about 30 miles or so. So Nashville um, is kind of its own, you know, market in and of itself. But Murfreesboro, Middle Tennessee is kind of where I um you know, pitch my tent, so to speak. Okay. And you're actually not very far down the road from me. I'm in the Chattanooga area. That's right. Uh, yeah. We could, we could maybe have even done this, this conversation <laughs> in person, but I know. Um, nonetheless, yeah, Murfreesboro, it, it is just outside of Nashville. Um, and uh, I've spent, I've probably at least gone through there at least once or twice in the past, but <laughs> relative to Nashville, it's not ex- an extremely large town, is it? Um, I think it's growing actually. When we first moved here, um, it was a little bit smaller, but it is definitely, I feel like in its own right, a proper city. And um, I think competitively uh, with Nashville, like it, you know, it, it definitely stands alone. Um, so, yeah. 
And that's, that's good to know. Just for a little bit more context, too. And, and context is everything, really, when we're talking about establishing a clear brand position. But I just did a quick Google search. And it looks like, and I'm sure, oh, this looks like it says of 2017, the population of Murfreesboro is 136,000. So that's not a, that's not a small town by any means. No. And um, <laughs> it helps give context to this conversation. But what, what do you currently tell your potential clients? What type of photography do you currently tell your potential clients that you specialize in? Well, I, I pretty much say families, newborns, and milestones, which covers a lot of ground. And, and sometimes I refer to that as generational photography. Um, but I think that sort of gets lost on people a little bit. So yeah, I, I stick with the, the family newborn, basically going through, you know, from, from firstborn to all the way, you know, to the senior years, I guess seniors are, you could be a senior high school senior or an older senior. So yeah, from suit, from, newborn to families um, and everything in between. You mentioned the significance of the idea of generational. I mean, it seems to be important to you, that idea of generational photography. You said it kind of gets lost on the clients. What do you mean by that? I Well, I think that, you know, when you are, uh, when you're a, a family or when you are having a baby, you're not thinking about um, oh, someday my child is going to be a senior or, you know, someday, um, you know, we're going to have this extended family. You know, you're so much in the moment of, you know, I have this newborn baby. I'm not thinking generationally. And my, pa- I think part of what I'm really seeing about my passion is recognizing that, you know, this, this thing that we call life, it spans. And I want to be able to capture that and grow, you know, with my clients, you know, when that newborn baby comes, some of my clients I've been photographing for, you know, 10 years and I've seen them grow and I've, you know, I've celebrated with them. I've grieved with them. And, you know, that, that, that timeline, I want to go all the way with them. You know, so I guess when I say generational, I, that is a big picture concept to me. And, and that's kind of what I'm in for, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I'm actually just taking notes as we're talking here, because you're saying some really interesting things that might be relevant later on as we're talking about maybe how to refine your brand position. But speaking of, um, this is where I would ask our guests what you currently say makes your photography brand unique or what you currently say your brand position is. I'll kind of break the the fourth wall here and and say that that this whole conversation, this interview is happening because Kristen said to me, you know what, I can't actually answer that question right now. What would you say was your biggest struggle or has been your biggest struggle in answering that question? Well, I think honestly is the fact that I know a lot of photographers in my area, I'm part of a community of photographers. We get together, we share, we follow each other, we support each other. And honestly, they're awesome. They have all kinds of things that they do. And we're all, you know, kind of doing, I mean, I feel like some of the things I do are no different from, from the gal that's next to me. And so I, I struggle with finding, well, what sets me apart and makes me unique? What am I doing differently? And, and honestly, I don't, I'm not seeing that in my, in myself. I just kind of feel like I'm, I'm doing the same thing that everybody else is doing now that saying that, but also saying that what begins to set me apart a little bit or or kind of pull me out of, of the larger crowd is the fact that, you know, I'm transitioning into this more product-based service where I'm not doing shoot and burn. I'm, I'm actually encouraging and, and guiding my clients to, um, preserve their memories with products, you know, albums and wall art and that sort of thing. And so a lot of, uh, photographers in this market are doing shoot and burn. And so I think that that's one of those areas that can begin to kind of set me, uh, you know, set me apart, if that makes sense. By the way, your brand is afhonline.com. For everybody listening in, we'll link to this in the show notes as well so that you can check out Kristen's work. What does AFH stand for, Kristen? Um, well, actually, AFH um, is a, it's, um, a reflection of my faith, and it stands for All for Him, which in my case, I you know, 
dedicate my business and my life to God. And so that started out uh, many, many years ago when I was in uh, technology. I started my own consulting business. I started with AFH because I, I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted it to be about something bigger. So I did AFH and it's just stuck with me and really migrated from uh, like it used to be AFH um, internet technology and then now it's AFH capture and design. So it's kind of migrated with me, but yeah, that's what it stands for. Some people joke around with me and say that it stands for Amaro for hire. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny so, actually, but, yeah. but you know, I appreciate you giving context to the name of the business because um, it speaks to, and it's really a great segue to my next question. I mean, you talk about running a business with an underlying uh, premise of doing something that's bigger than you. And yes. I think it makes all, and we talk about this on the podcast a good bit. I think it makes all the difference in the world if we have an underlying mission that is driving what we do that is bigger than us. If it's always about us, it's going to be a lot easier to get burnt out because in addition to just getting, I mean, tired of ourselves in one form or another, it, it's going to, our, our motivations are going to be quite selfish. They're going to be mm-hmm. largely based on our feelings, which also tend to fluctuate um, if we're if we're fighting for or working toward a bigger idea than us, something that involves other people benefiting other Absolutely. people, and in this case, your yeah. faith, um, that yeah. is going to drive our our business, our efforts in business in a way that we really couldn't ever um, just focused on what we want out of it. And um, and so I'm, I'm glad that you give context to that. But like I said, it's a great segue to my next question, which is the top reasons why you started and run a photography business. And some might say, okay, well, what does this have to do with a brand and the distinction of a brand in a marketplace? I think it's really important. We can talk about, uh, I mean, I could throw out three quick tips to establish a clear brand position in your marketplace. And that would be great and easy and be very clickbaity. And you might be able to put on a little graphic on Instagram. But I think it's really important when we talk about uh, business and really anything in life to, to clearly establish kind of a, a thought process or a philosophy behind why we do this particular thing. And I think in brand position, it makes it a lot easier to establish a clear brand position if we first establish kind of a philosophical base for why we even do what we do. Kristen already alluded to that, but Kristen, can you expound on, you actually mentioned to me ahead of time that there are three particular reasons that you started sure. and run a photography business. What are those? Yeah. Well, kind of to um, pull back in the the name of my business, um, it, this ties in really well. Um, you know, I feel like God has given me the gifts and the skills that I have. And so part of why I do what I do is I saw very quickly when I started taking pictures for other people um, that I ha- that this is a gift to them. Like they you know, when I see people's faces, when they see their images and they talk about their images, there's emotion attached to that. And I honestly see that I'm giving them a gift. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Not everybody feels like that. I mean, you know, some clients are, they're not quite that dramatic about things, but a lot of my clients are, they're, they're like, you've given me a gift. Like my, my kids, I see their personality in these images. And so that right away just lit my fire. I mean, I, I thought I've got a, I've got a ability to give somebody something that they can't get for themselves. I've seen your cell phone pictures. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I, I know what you're doing with your cell phone. It's not pretty. So I, I'm giving a gift. And so that really drove me to, you know, to just, I guess it, it gave me that passion. Um, so that that's the first one is really just being able to give people a gift. The second one uh, second reason is, um, honestly, I took photography in high school um, back a thousand years ago when I was doing that. Um, back in the film days, I, I really liked it and, I, and I, I just was naturally kind of gravitated towards all the things about it. And I'm really just drawn to the art of it. I love shadows and light and texture. And I love being able to have a tool that can capture that, you know, and, and I just geek out about it. It just really, you know, it kind of just, again, lights my fire. So I, I love the art, the artisticness of it. Um, and then the third one, pretty, uh, you know, 
I guess, self-centered, but it's financial, <laughs> you know, um, when I first started my business, it was definitely, uh, the money was kind of fed my gear habit, I guess. Um, and <laughs> gave me, hobby, huh? <laughs> you know, it gave me extra play money, which was great. We, my husband at the time was in the, the financial industry and, and, you know, had been there for 20 years making good money. And then, my husband became a teacher, a school teacher. Um, and so now, uh, financially speaking, my income is necessary. It's no longer, you know, like, Hey, let me get the latest lens. It's, you know, Hey, let me pay my electric bill, (laughs) you know? Um, so the, the financial aspect of course is helpful. First of all, you're in business as an opportunity or for the opportunity to give a gift. And I mean, I can already, already sense this from you. You really have a, a uh, to borrow, uh, I guess, a bit of a cliche phrase, at least from the church world, which I grew up in as well. Um, it, you've got a servant's heart. And, and I really yeah. appreciate that. I think we need that more in our industry in general. Um, this yeah. desire and focus on service first. You know, a lot of times... Uh, and, and this is very much relevant to the conversation about establishing a clear brand position and ultimately clearly communicating a value proposition to a potential client. A lot of times you go to a photographer's website and the, the conversation just kind of centers around them. And I don't necessarily fault photographers for that or think that they're bad people for doing that because a lot of that comes from years of, and it was there was a transition to this. Uh, I've been in the industry almost 20 years now, so I saw this happen. But we went from you know kind of a corporate style impersonal photography businesses to a focus more on personal relationship and an opportunity for a photographer for a photographer to be uh, more personal in nature, to be vulnerable, to share about themselves, and to make a more personal connection with clients. And I Definitely. think photographers have responded almost to the extreme. And now a lot of times you, you land on a photographer's page, and what you learn first about them is the fact that they like to sit around with their you know, their, their dog and drink lattes and watch Netflix. And, yeah. you know, that's cute, but it does, how much value does that actually add to the client? Um, and in what way does the client feel like you're there to take care of them, to serve them? And yeah. uh, so I think there needs to be more emphasis on that. I love that that is your, your primary reason for having a photography business. It gives you the opportunity yeah. to give a gift. For sure. And I would definitely, um, props to Donald Miller for story branding. Yes. Um, that book that is like, um, I had told you a little bit earlier before we started recording, you know, that I, how much I appreciated the book of podcast. And I attribute a lot of the transition over the last year in my business to the content that I've listened to on Boca, as well as Donald Miller and story branding that book literally just blew my mind. And it, it, I think, you know, like you said, I I do have a servant's heart and I feel like that book tapped into that and pulled out of me what was already there. Just this idea that it is not about me. I am here to help you. What do you want? What do you need? And, and really, um, I, I revamped my whole website copy based around, you know, the, the principles that I learned in that book. And, it was, it was absolutely, um, I, I recommend that book to everybody. <laughs> it's so good. It, it really, really is good. We, we talk about it probably a little too much on the podcast, um, but, <laughs> but we will link to it certainly in the show notes. I mean, it is truly one of my favorite business books, top three easy. Um, it's yeah. practical. It's, a, it's, it's actionable. There's not a lot of fluff there. Um, it's just right. a beautiful, beautiful book. And uh, if anybody listening in has not read that, do, because it's going to give even further context to our conversations here. And and much of what I've learned over the last few years about brand and brand position, um, or a, a piece of it anyway, has come from that book. I mean, it's it's extremely insightful, so highly recommended yeah. for sure. Yeah. But yeah, Donald does emphasize the significance of, of our focus on adding value to our customer's life and, and focusing on that, making that the primary goal versus talking about ourselves. And I think... You know, it's funny. I mean, I I see this just in culture in general. We have a tendency of overreacting to things, right? And this pendulum swings way in the other direction and then it swings back way in the other direction. I think, I'm hoping anyway, that we'll kind of come back to a happy medium when it comes to how much (laughs) we're talking about ourselves as photographers. It's, It's not to minimize the significance of the personal relationship and being vulnerable and being open. But what we need to do, we have to remember... And, and again, one of the significant reasons why we spend so much time talking about brand position is 
a potential client lands on your website, or for that matter, let's just even go to you know an Instagram account. They land there and they have the attention span of about two seconds, in some cases, mm-hmm. literally. You have the opportunity to share with them how you are going to make their lives better or help them feel better as it relates to photography. How are you going to do that in two, three, four seconds? Because Mm -hmm. that is the reality that we're dealing with now. And so if somebody lands in their, on your site and there's a pretty picture of you drinking a latte and, and, you know, talking about your favorite latte and the favorite show that you watched on Netflix (laughs) and, and they have a two, three, four second attention span, there's a, there's a good chance that you may end up losing them. And sure. so that's, that's, again, I just want to give further context to this conversation. That's why it matters. We, we have short attention spans in our potential clients. It's a very crowded, noisy in, environment um, in our industry and the market at large. So we need to be able to communicate clearly and concisely how we uniquely add value to that potential market. And um, so, you know, a focus on serving that you've, you already have the right mindset, Kristen, and certainly great context too, with that book. We'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. The second thing you mentioned was for the art of it. And I'm glad that you bring this up because, you know, as much as we may seem, or I say we, I, Nathan Holritz might seem a little bit obsessed with this topic of brand position and business and kind of the practical side of running a business. I don't want to minimize the significance of art. The cool thing about running a business well is if you are running a business well, and part of that involves marketing effectively, and part of marketing effectively involves brand, a clear brand position and brand message, mm-hmm. um, then it will give you the freedom to practice your art, to focus on your art even. You, you mentioned light. Um, what specifically about light? Um, well, you know, the thing is, is that with, with light, I'm, I'll probably screw this. It's a quote that I've read somewhere, but something about the absence of light and, but, but really we can, with light, we can craft things. And I, I'm specifically thinking of, um, uh, a photo shoot that I did. This was many, many years ago. It was a, with a personal trainer and I actually had to use studio light, which I'm not super great at, but nevertheless, I, I, you know, he's there, he is in all of his ripped glory. And I have one light and I'm, I, the, every time I move the light, it's like, I'm crafting this, you know, this image and, and the, the shadows and the light, the way they play with the, with each other. And I don't even know, like, it just, I get really super geeked out about that. Um, totally I'm not even it. sure if, if I answered your question, but, um, you know, I just think that there's such a, um, there's such a cool art to that. And, and that light, the, the playfulness between the, the light and shadows and, and, you know, bringing in texture and, uh, it, there's just so much that you can do with it. You know, three people can look at one scene completely differently based on, or three photographers, you know, uh, based on the light and the shadows and, you know, and, and how you're going to compose it and that sort of thing. And I just think that that is so incredibly cool that, um, you know, that we have the ability to, you know, three different people can capture a scene so differently. Um, yeah, I, I just think that's art. That's art. You well, know? Especially if that person happens to, uh, I, I love the phrase that you used in all his ripped glory. I'm not sure if I've ever heard that <laughs> phrase quite like that before. That's pretty brilliant. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Well, he was pretty ripped. So. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> just, a good thing. That just makes know. playing with light that much more interesting. No, that's, yeah. that's awesome. The third piece yeah. that you mentioned, though, was the financial piece of it. And you said it's selfish in nature, but let's, let's all be real. Like the, the reality is we have bills to pay at the end of the day. Unless, unless photography is a hobby, um, I'm not sure how selfish needing to make enough money to pay bills <laughs> and put some money in savings is. Uh, but but I mean, the fact that you're able to that you're able to do this full time and provide income for your family in this way is is a is a beautiful thing. And yeah. I don't. It's not something that we're likely going to include in the marketing message, but it's something <laughs> to understand when it comes to building this kind of bigger picture view of why we are we even started a business in the first place. Yeah. Uh, talk- and and if I can just, I'm sorry to interrupt no, you, go but ahead. just, I just want to quickly, because I want it to be, you know, to be sure and be um, completely honest with you. Um, although my photography business, I do consider it my primary job function. I actually do have a few, like I have two um, 
side jobs, I guess, that I do. They're, sure. they're for nonprofit organizations. One is a humanitarian aid organization. And I actually do work for them like uh, more on the technical, like I DBA and that sort of thing. And so I, I do that also a little bit to supplement, but also it's a, you know, it's being able to be involved in that kind of, um, activity. Uh, so I just wanted to be honest that, you know, yes, I do photography and it is my primary job responsibility, but I also do those other things as well. And so those contribute also to my bottom line. Oh, and, and that's wonderful. I mean, I think it's lovely to have some variety in our lives too. I mean, we were talking about yeah. the significance of a burnout earlier and how, I mean, it is easy to happen. First of all, when our motivations are, I think maybe slightly misplaced, but but then too, if we're doing the same thing all the time, it can get a little bit boring. I mean, I, I know I personally get a little yeah. bit bored, so it's nice to be able to have <laughs> other things in the mix. But my next couple of questions have to do with your top three strengths um, or your top strengths personally and professionally. You said to me before we started recording, though, that in your mind, personal strengths and professional strengths are kind of one. And I'd love for you to give context to that, if you will. Yeah. So when I was contemplating um, these questions, you know, I really struggled to separate out my strengths personally versus my strengths professionally. It just every time I would sort of think, okay, well, here's a personal strength. It, it, well, I think to myself, that's also a strength for me in my business or my professional life. And so I really kind of had, I had a little wobble with that. And I just thought, I cannot separate these out. It's who I am. I am, these are my strengths, whether I'm doing business or I'm interacting with people or doing things personally. And so I, I feel like I did kind of separate them out a little bit, but I did, you know, I did have a little bit of a, a struggle with that. So what would you say are your, your top three strengths um, as you would break them down, Kristen? Well, the first one that I, and this was kind of in the I would categorize more kind of personally, although it does translate into my business. Um, one of my strengths is self-awareness. And I don't know if that's, you know, goofy, but Not at all. Um, I have, I've served in recovery ministry for over 10 years. And that um, has really helped me have this skill of kind of sorting through and understanding my emotions. Um, and in turn, being able to do that helps me most of the time anyway, have a little deeper awareness of others and being able to sort of read in between the lines. Um, and that's good for me in my personal life, but it actually has really helped um, when I meet with clients, you know, sometimes I'm meeting people for the first time and, you know, photographers will probably, you know, agree with me here is that there's nothing like a little photography session to bring out the greatest dysfunction in a family, mm. you know? <laughs> and so, you know, for me having an understanding and being aware, um, you know, and having kind of an emotional sobriety, so to speak, um, it helps me interact with my clients a little bit. It doesn't always, you know, calm them down or anything, but I feel like, you know, I can address things differently based on how, you know, they're reacting and being able to sort of read in between the lines a little bit. Um, so, so yeah, self-awareness, um, is a big thing for me. I, I, I really feel strongly that, you know, that that's a, um, a strength for me. Uh, another, um, strength that I kind of flagged for myself was self-motivation Okay. Um, I think a lot of people probably would, you know, it's not anything special, but you know, I've been working for myself for almost 20 years. And so if I want to do something, um, you know, there's really not anybody around <laughs> to sort of motivate me. I've got to motivate myself. And so, um, you know, I have, you know, I managed to, to be able to kind of pull my bootstraps up and just, you know, pull my sleeves up and dig in and do what I need to do because I know I need to do it. Um, and that, you know, that helps me, I think just having that kind of personality. Um, another strength that I have in uh, this one, I, I hesitate to even say, because it, I feel like humility is one of those things. It's like underwear, you know, that you have it, but you don't want to show everybody, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, that's a quite the so, interesting analogy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, um, I feel like 
that being humble, you know, when you're somebody that's humble, you don't really say you're humble, but at the end of the day, that that's it. Like I, I'm always looking to learn. I am not, you know, I'm not wondering, like, I, I don't know everything. I know that I can learn from people and Mm -hmm. I can learn from people who, you know, who who are not as far along as I am. I can learn from people who are younger than me. I can learn from people who are jerks. You know, I mean, I, we can learn from, we can learn something from almost everywhere. And I always strive to see my part in situations. And I feel like that just takes a, a, a certain level of humility. You know, um, when I get in arguments with people or when I'm in a, 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 you know, some drama or something, you know, being able to step back and say, you know what, what part did I play here and what can I do to make this right? And how do I need, do I need to apologize and that sort of thing? So I think that, um, you know, not everybody can do that. I think that's a, that's just one of those things where, you know, sometimes, you know, people just can't get over themselves or whatever, but yeah. So, so <laughs> I love how you say that so yeah. nonchalantly, just like in passing, people can't get over themselves. Yeah. It's true oh, though. It's true. I, yeah. I think we've all been guilty of that in some form or fashion along sure. the way. You know, I, I was writing down actually, when you're talking about humility, I put in parentheses as I was taking notes, as you were talking, um, a few words, one was curious. Uh, you, you seem, I mean, you talk about a desire to, to learn and to grow, uh, that growth is actually one of my values. And yeah. I, I think that a a curiosity underlies that idea of growth. If we if we are genuinely curious about the world and other people, and we don't assume that we know everything or that we have it all figured out, then the desire to well, there's a desire to learn that comes along with that, and growth will happen not necessarily easy all the time, but more easily when we have that sure. genuine curiosity and, and ultimately the humility that you're suggesting. So I, I think that's yeah. great. And I can very yeah. much relate to that. Self-motivation, I, that's a, that can be a really tough one, especially for us sole proprietors who are at home. I mean, for me, a lot of the time, despite the fact that I work with so many photographers, I've had the opportunity to work with so many photographers, my company has as well over the years. Um, a lot of times I'm in my very quiet apartment by myself. Um, <laughs> yes. and at that point it's easy to get it, to get distracted and in some cases yeah. easy not to have that motivation. So having that is, is that's a really big deal that you've got that. And then yeah. self-awareness, I wrote in parentheses next to that, um, empathy. And I think this is, again, these are, these are just conversations for everybody listening and we're having conversations to kind of not only for me to better understand Kristen, but then ultimately understand how this could potentially translate to communicating or establishing and then communicating a clear brand position. Uh, but when we're talking about these personal strengths, these aren't necessarily something that we're going to speak to uh, blatantly through the messaging, but they are in some ways relevant. Empathy in particular is important when it comes to working with a client, learning how to understand them, especially with in the context of a family portrait session. I mean, I'm sure, Kristen, you've run into many portrait sessions that were um, <laughs> chaotic to, to at best, haven't yeah. you? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's one of those things where, you know, parents are yelling at their kids, you know, yeah. sit down and smile and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I just, I, I want to just gently say, Hey, let, let me, let me do this. <laughs> you know, let me, um, you know, cause a lot of times it's in those, can- uh, in those moments when you're not posing, I don't, you know, I I'd rather catch, uh, candid moments, you know? So, but yeah, the, the families are just, the parents are, you know, having a meltdown about, you know, <laughs> getting the kids to, to sit still. And, and yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it can be crazy and a bit ironic in nature that, that, um, the parent is yelling at the kid and telling them to si- smile simultaneously. It doesn't quite work <laughs> yes. that way. I don't think, but, um, but, but this is really interesting. And, and again, I appreciate your transparency and kind of sharing a little bit about yourself. So I want to, I want to keep going though, because, um, you know, first of all, as I said, for everybody listening, as I said just a few minutes ago, when, if we're going to establish a great business model and then ultimately a very clear and distinct brand position, we first need to know where we're coming from personally. And that's why we're having these conversations about values that drive the business and personal strengths. Uh, but then the next component to this conversation about brand position has to do with our existing market. And there are, there are many cases where photographers, I think, just kind of jump in with an idea of how they want to be as a photographer without considering the market around them. 
and um, and what the market, the services that they're offering, the price structure that they're offering, their their brand position, if they have a distinct brand position, the brand message, uh, which in at least in some ways is is relevant uh, or related to the idea of brand position. If there's no awareness there, it's going to be very easy to start a brand position or to start a brand or a photography business, which has little distinction. Um, not only that, I think there's a tendency, and I'm curious to get your take on this, Kristen, because you've been in the industry for a little bit. It seems like there's a tendency a lot of day, a lot of times these days for the photographers to, you know, they, they see the, the so-called celebrity photographers out there and kind of copy and paste what they're doing. I mean, down to mm-hmm. the copy on the website, the finish on the images, again, without little consideration to the local market and whether or not that's going to even be something unique in their local market. It, have you seen that tendency? I think that that is, you know, especially maybe if you're just starting out, I mean, you have to, you know, something has to inspire you. And, and I think that we have a tendency to sort of be like, oh, I like this and let me try to duplicate that. And, you know, I think in the beginning, I know for me, when I first started, that was kind of my thing. Like there were photographers out there that I was like, oh, I love that. And, you know, I want to, let me try that, you know, let me, let me be, have that style or whatever. And I think for me, at least how, as you grow as a, as a photographer, you begin to kind of come into your own style and it's less about, you know, copying what everybody else is doing. But I know that uh, just listening and talking with a lot of other photographers, I think the trap that we fall into is the trap of comparison. And, you know, I know for me, I struggle hard with that, you know, looking at other photographers thinking, gosh, they're so, you know, look at how great their images are and they're, they're doing so many bookings and, you know, their, their editing style is so beautiful and, you know, gosh, I'm not that good. And, you know, you fall into that comparison trap. And, and I think that's probably more, at least from my conversations with photographers, that's more of the struggle of, you know, just comparing, you know, and I think that comparison, you know, you know, kind of really being, uh, so overwhelmed by that comparison that causes us to sort of reach out and try to duplicate what other people are doing. And I think one thing that I have learned, um, and this is actually just really a recent kind of, I guess, growth spurt for me is, is recognizing that, you know, I've got my own race to run. And if I'm too, if I'm so busy looking at other people's you know, race, I can't run mine. And if I focus on what I'm supposed to be doing and what I'm called to do, then I have more energy to do that. And I can cheer for other people running their races. You know, I don't have to, um, I don't have to be bogged down by that comparison trap. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a great point about the comparison. And I honestly, maybe I'm a little bit too logical. I wouldn't have even thought of it that way, but I think it's a bit, it could likely play into this conversation um, there is there is a tendency tendency to compare. I mean, I, I've done it in one form or another as well. But when photographers are concerned, you know, not and unfortunately, I think in many cases, not so much about what their clients actually think about them, but what their fellow photographers think about them. It's easy to get drawn in to yes. doing things like everybody else is because that's the popular thing to do. When the reality is, it has little relevance to how well they're going to do in their actual market. When we look at the idea of establishing a clear brand position and then brand messaging, there are a couple of elements to look at. One is the service. And so everybody listening in, these are where, this is what you want to look at for your brand as well. Uh, one is the service that you're offering. Uh, do I have the opportunity to offer a unique service that nobody else in the market is offering? Now, again, speaking of self-awareness and honest conversation, Kristen, you're, you're a family photographer, very simplistically put, you're a family photographer, that's not going to be a unique service. There are other photographers in your market that are offering family photography. So we have to go, either you have to change the genre of photography that you're offering, or we stick with that, but we figure out how to add nuance to that conversation about family photography. And so that's what, what, what brings us to the second element of a distinct brand position and message or brand position is, is the message. You have the service and then you have the message and there's an opportunity to be able to, to communicate, um, nuance with regards to this particular genre of photography, which can help create distinction. 
Um, and I was, I was taking notes earlier as you were talking. So you were talking about family, newborns, milestones, um, that there's this generational nature to the photography that you are, that you are offering the service, the photographic service that you're offering. You also talked about the significance of a physical product, um, and how that relates or compares and contrasts with a digital product. In fact, for everybody listening in, I'm, I jumped over to Kristen's homepage and right there above the fold, and I say above the fold because, again, it's important when somebody lands on your website, whether it's on the phone or on a laptop or a desktop, that the first thing that they see there on the site, in addition to the brand name, maybe the, the website navigation, is a very clear and distinct brand position. In fact, just to give a really clear example of this for everybody who's curious, if you go to, and I just interviewed Lucy Baber for the Boca podcast, her episode, um, I don't have an episode number for that yet, it's, it's going to be released here in the near future, but... Uh, Lucy Baber, L-U-C-Y-B-A-B-E-R, photography.com. And uh, you can see what I'm referencing here. But if you go to Lucy's site, she has above the fold, very uh, all caps, bold text, Phillies fun family photographer. So it's five or four words rather that she's able to communicate her marketplace, that to communicate the marketplace that she's in, what clients she's serving uh, or what market, I'm sorry, that she is serving the genre of photography that she is offering. She's a family photographer. And then she communicates this idea or emphasize, it actually has it underlined there on the homepage of her website, fun. And uh, it, we, Kristen and I were talking just a few minutes ago about how family photography many times is not so fun, especially the dads <laughs> get frustrated, partners are upset with each other, parents are yelling at the kids. And so Lucy has, has made a concerted effort to create a more fun, relaxed environment for family photography. And that's the value that she's adding to the market in the context of family photography. So not only visually is she doing a great job, uh, but with the message itself, she's doing a great job of communicating that particular brand position. When I look at yours, uh, Kristen, I do see a good bit of text, and I think there are a couple of things that we can do. So when we're, when we're talking about communicating brand position clearly, there is the message itself, uh, but then there's the visual presentation of that message. So the first thing that I notice on the homepage of your site, I see the logo, AFH, Capture and Design, is very, very large. In fact, it actually only, it, it takes up, I have, I'm looking on a 13-inch laptop screen here, but it takes up probably about a third, the top third or quarter of the website page. So my suggestion would be to, to shrink that down, maybe even move it over to shrink it down to a quarter of that size and move it over to the left-hand corner of the page, top left-hand corner of the page, move that navigation up, maybe shrink that font by a few points, and you immediately clean up the, the look and feel of the page that way. And the client's not now immediately drawn to the logo and that AFH, that really dark black logo. Um, but instead, what you're going to do is draw them to the brand position statement or gotcha. the, the brand message. So that would be my suggestion, first of all. We'll get to the actual messaging here in just a second. But visually, we want to set the viewer up to, to, for them to kind of hone in on the message at hand. Uh, that would sure. be my first suggestion. Okay. As I move down, you mentioned families, milestones, and newborns, heirloom albums, wall art, and keepsakes. So you communicate, first of all, the type of photography that you offer. Heirlooms, album, heirloom albums, wall art, and keepsakes are the products that you sell. And then underneath that, in larger text, you say, leave a legacy that stands the test of time. Um, now, this idea in and of itself, I think at least some potential clients could kind of put two and two together and figure out what a legacy means and how that relates to photography. But I, I tend to be a bit of a minimalist um, and a simplicity freak. And I think for the very quickly scrolling, low attention span potential client that we run into many times these days, we need to keep it, we need to, we need to go with that KISS acronym, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Yes. So <laughs> as, as simple as we possibly can so that the words and ideas can't be misconstrued. I think that we could go with a message that is simpler and still communicates just as powerfully. And, and again, we'll get to that message in just a second. Right underneath that, you said your seasons of life are a treasure that should live beyond the uncertainty of the digital realm. And this is beautifully written, by the way. It, it communicates the significance of what you were saying earlier. AFH is here to capture the moments you want to remember and guide you through preserving them for generations to come. So you're communicating the ideas here on above the fold on the homepage. That's the first thing that the client lands on. But I think by minimizing 
that logo, kind of pushing it to the side a little bit, pushing that navigation up. What we can then do, we could potentially add an image here. Um, but if because you have such wonderful white space, I love white space. I think it's great for drawing <laughs> viewers' attention in. I think then the direction that we could go with with the messaging would be something as simple as helping you commemorate your family milestones through beautiful photographic products or through beautiful photographs. Um, I was actually having a conversation with with Chad yesterday, uh, Chad de Blasio. We were talking about him earlier, and he was talking about um, a conversation he was having with another photographer about the distinction between the word image or imagery and photographs. Um, he was communicating the, the difference between those two words to me. And he was saying how this photographer uses the word photographs uh, to suggest something that is a more finished product. Oh, sure. Yeah. Which I think is really, really great. So when, when we're talking about communicating the type of photography that you offer um, and ultimately the, the mission behind your brand, if, if we go with something like helping you commemorate your family milestones, uh, through beautiful photographs, this sums up the service that you offer and the mission that you're, you're trying to accomplish kind of all in one phrase. So that might be one possibility. You could even simplify that a little bit more and just say, helping you commemorate your family milestones through newborn, senior, and um, family photography. Again, summarizing the service that you offer, but also including in that the mission statement to, to commemorate sure. those family milestones. But it could be really as simple as that line. So you have, and I'm just picturing here, and maybe I'll even mock this up for you and we can put it on, on the, the podcast, uh, the show notes for everybody to see just the potential idea. But the, the logo in the top left-hand corner, then the navigation right next to it. And then right underneath that, potentially over an image with some, some beautiful negative space or just on the white background, um, helping you commemorate your family milestones through beautiful photographs or through beautiful photographic products, if you want to put an emphasis on that. And then underneath that could be some subtext, kind of like you did here on the homepage, just giving a little bit more context to that. But we want them to be able to very quickly read that primary brand position yeah. statement. And sure. to, to be able to latch onto that, and that's going to be the key idea. What What are your thoughts about that so far? I love I love that, um, and I feel like that is what I've been searching for. I've been playing with with phrases. I feel like really over the last year, and I I just have struggled to really put into words what I'm trying to convey. And I think what you said, helping you commemorate family milestones through beautiful photographs that's it. <laughs> you know, I, like I said, I, I've just been, I've been playing with phrasing, you know, phrasing and all of that to, to try to, you know, bring forth, I guess, this concept of what I'm doing. Cause I know that's what I need. I know that's what I need to do. Um, but I have just really struggled to kind of put that in a concise, um, you know, sentence. I feel like, you know, leave a legacy. There's, there's this idea, you know, I use the word generational and legacy. I feel like those convey things, but it doesn't, you know, if somebody is just coming to my website and maybe they don't even know I'm a photographer, you know, or may, maybe they go to my website for whatever reason. And, and then I'm, I'm imagining they're thinking, what does that even mean? So that, that is really what I've, I've just struggled to kind of get to. And I think that that is a beautiful, um, just summarization of, of exactly what I'm trying to do. So yes, I like it. Wonderful. I want to encourage everybody listening in to think about what they need to do to establish a clearer brand, actually first to establish a clear a brand position at all, but then to make sure that it is clear that it is distinct, it is unique, it is different than everybody there in their local market. And uh, make sure that it is easy to understand that words can't be misconstrued and that it clearly communicates what you bring to that local market, the unique value proposition that you bring to that local market. We need to do this in a, in a noisy, uh, busy industry, culture, and, and society. So thanks yeah. for being willing to have this, this conversation. Though, Kristen, do you have any, just kind of any thoughts here to, to round out the conversation? Um, I, I don't know. I think that that it was kind of like a little bomb that you just left at the end there with that, um, with that statement, uh, the helping you commemorate, um, family milestones. I, I just, 
I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that, but I'm, I'm, I feel very um, grateful to you for, you know, for doing this and for really just the content that you share. And it, like I said before, it's been so helpful to me, um, on this journey over the last year to try to, you know, to clarify my, my brand position and to, you know, transition into this different style of business. Um, it's been so, so helpful. And so I thank you for, you know, for championing, you know, for, for all of the photographers out there and just helping us, you know, leading the way and helping us in our, in our businesses. So thank you. That is a very kind words. I didn't mean to ask for like a, a quote that we could put out there online. That, <laughs> that could be a promotional thing in and of itself. Those are very gracious, very kind words. Um, it, it truly is. And I know I say this from time to time. I don't want the, the significance of the words to ever be minimized by my repetition of them. But it's truly a privilege not only have a conversation with you today, Kristen, but to have conversation with with photographers in our industry. I love the connection of it. That's one of the primary reasons I even started the podcast in the first place. It's a privilege to get to have conversation, connect with everyone. And um, I hope this is helpful for those of you listening in in some form or fashion. If you are interested in doing one of these live brand consultations, brand position consultations more specifically, uh, don't hesitate to just shoot an email to nathan at photographersedit.com. And, um, and actually, you know what, better yet, shoot an email to Haley, because Haley actually produces the show. So I'll I'll give out her email as well. It's Haley, H-A-Y-L-E-E, at photographersedit.com. She can give you further context and make sure that you're right fit. And then uh, we can actually get a podcast interview scheduled for you if you feel like this would be something that would be helpful for you as well. But once again, Kristen, thank you so much for giving all of us your time, be willing to share and um, wishing you much wonderful uh, luck with your business moving forward. (laughs) Thank you so much, Nathan. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu, M-I-I-L-U dot com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.